to Direct Connect. Today we're going to talk about exercises and specifically GridX. And to talk about that, we got a special guest. We got Jesse from the ISAC. Uh, Jesse, you want to tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Jesse Scythe. I'm the GridX program manager at NERC EISAC. Uh, a little bit of my background, I've kind of lived all over the place. I uh, grew up in Alaska, went to Colorado State University, and then promptly joined the Navy for eight years. Uh, spent some time operating reactors out in the middle of the ocean on the USS John C. Stennis out of Bremerton, Washington. Uh, I was at a training command near Saratoga Springs, New York. And uh, then after my eight years were done, I uh, went and joined Eversource as a transmission operator. Uh, spent 11 years over there in Connecticut. Uh, really enjoyed doing that. I was uh, a transition from transmission operations to simulation coordinator. I coordinated grid axis two through six for Eversource and then got my dream job of running the whole grid X program here for EISAC. And I've been doing that since uh, August of last year. Yeah, similar background. I started in the, in the military and then into Homeland Security. I think my first day as a DHS Fed after doing the military support to it was uh, the makeup for National Level Exercise 11, where the electric and communication industries uh, broke the FEMA exercise program. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. Welcome to the federal world. Uh, <clears throat> and then been kind of audited it for a bit and then back into the, the end user side, played through one grid X when I was at Grant PUD and then now help people get ready for it. Kind of jumping right in, what are some of the, the best practices you've seen with exercises or, or the coolest scenarios you've seen? I think some examples of, uh, I mean, my favorite scenarios that I've ran at least on my transmission operators i know one that i love to do is the remote access of an operator's console uh the way i've always run it in the past is i will sneak a usb remote mouse or something like that into their computer before the exercise has begun i'll sit back there in my instructor booth waiting to turn on the mouse and then at some point throughout the exercise They'll see their mouse start moving around, start opening breakers, things like that. And the look on their faces is always priceless. But uh, <laughs> beyond that and the fun of that, um, I like to do scenarios that kind of combine multiple vectors of attack and bring new questions and problems to operators. Because uh, one of the last ones I did over at Eversource was a combined cyber and physical attack that specifically focused on disabling relay protection schemes in an area and then forcing a fault via a physical attack. And this forced kind of a massive over trip. It was very similar to the Florida blackout in 2008 that kind of inspired uh, that inject. So I like stuff like that that gets people thinking and um, kind of forces you to respond in a way that's not just standard oh we had a disturbance yeah i always love a good red herring you get everybody thinking they're going left and all of a sudden you, you hit them on the the right <laughs> i always like to layer in social engineering because you see it so often and it's so easy i think my favorite one is was probably when i was doing down in florida where there was a contractor who'd been a former employee but because there was the miscommunication between the the hr side and the procurement side they didn't realize that somebody who'd been walked out the door was back in and doing network uh, contracting for the company so 
Again, pulled right from the headlines because I don't know how many times we've seen that, especially when you get into some of the plants. There are so many different contractors around there that we ran into that a lot when I was at Grant that we, oh, yeah, so-and-so is no longer allowed to work here. And then you, they'd put in a request for a badge two weeks later with a new contract. Hmm. Hmm. Fortunately, we were small <laughs> enough that all of those requests came to one person and she was a genius and she would just go, oh, no, no, no. I pulled yours away right, two weeks ago. <laughs> um, so those are always, a fun, always the fun ones, but. What about some of the, the missteps, the bloopers, the horror stories? A lot of those, like the biggest, most common one that we would always see uh, is, uh, it always comes down to software you're using for exercises. Um, one of the big ones was accidentally communicating the exercise material to the wrong person or people. Uh, a lot of exercises I've observed or have been a part of, you know, you have these sandbox versions of internal tools that you use. Like, for example, we had a, it's a rapid call out software that's supposed to get a lot of notifications out to a whole bunch of people all at once. Almost everybody's got something like that. This sandbox version had been used multiple times. Uh, it doesn't actually send anything out to anybody real. It just mimics the same process. But it does receive updates fairly frequently and they usually pull in data from production into the sandbox version but they'll always scrub the personal information the emails and the phone numbers well one day apparently on an update the phone numbers were scrubbed but the emails weren't and we ran an exercise we issued a rapid notification and then many people across multiple states suddenly received a notification that we needed to shed load and uh <laughs> thankfully the sandbox version by default has a big exercise tag on it so no one should mistake it as a real order but a lot of phone calls that day saying hey what's this about you guys doing something <laughs> So it's always embarrassing when stuff like that happens, but uh, that's something to always watch out for when you're running exercises is to look at your software, double check, make sure you're not sending out any notifications to the wrong place. Always lead with that exercise, exercise, exercise communication. There's always a, a nice spike in the adrenaline when you, you get something like that that gets out. Right, yeah, especially when it's unexpected. With GridX, at least, everybody knows that something's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. You say that, but I think it was GridX 1 when I had it on my computer and I was at DHS. Before I went over to the, I went out to Dulles where I think Laura and everybody were, were at for the white cell. And my boss walked by and saw one of the, the media clips playing on my laptop and started to freak out. I said, oh, hold on, exercise. <laughs> and it was one of those, he knew it was going on. It just caught him at the wrong minute. So, yeah. Always fun. Yeah, the, the exercise tools are, are critical or important to understand the limitations. I learned that when I was in the military. I don't know if you guys ever used the Janus software. Um, hmm. They made Atari look good. It was like the old Pong video game <laughs> from the early 80s. Um, and here we are. It's like 2008, eight, nine, somewhere around there. We're doing this big scenario, like have the entire squadron of, of cavalry, or cavalry squadron rolling down this desert. And then two of the machines seize and our operation cell is yelling at, why are these two platoons in the wrong spots? And all of a sudden, it just, the whole exercise <laughs> fell apart. And fortunately, we had a sand table to fall back on. So there, we kind of planned for, okay, we, we know this tool enough to know that it's not great. Um, but yeah, I've seen that before, just completely derail everything if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, we did have uh, the one of the other things that's happened before, which, I mean, there, there's nothing you can do about it, but sometimes reality just cuts in 
um, we did uh, for GridX five back at Eversource. We actually, you know, I it's a two year buildup for every GridX. So all that work, we were ready to go on day one. We were 15 minutes into GridX five, and then a real life gas emergency canceled everything. That was it. Yeah. So no GridX five. Uh, just two years of work. Just that was it. Uh, we did. I, I tried to reclaim what we could and i said you know what this is just going to become part of refresher training for the operators you know i'm gonna i'm gonna run a smaller version of the scenario on everybody and uh so we we recouped some of that effort but uh, a little frustrating when the the real world steps in and says no we have other plans yeah we had a similar one at one of my clients last winter we were getting ready to do an exercise and then they had a, a real world that scary was how close or how scary how close it was to the scenario we'd put together um so <laughs> they did that instead and then revisited that right a couple of weeks later uh, fortunately it wasn't the first one so they, they kind of had an idea what to do but hey that means you're ready for it yeah they they'd gone through the lessons learned implemented this was supposed to be our level up version so um yeah, speaking of lessons learned how do you how do you make sure you capture those i know every exercise i've been on by the time you get to lessons learned everybody just wants to get out of there um, who, yeah, uh, that, that is very much, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about the gold that you're trying to mine from exercises, it's always the lessons learned, the action items, follow-up is easily the most important part of the process because the exercise is pretty much worthless if you can't get something that you're learning from it. It's the whole point. And that's been one of those things that we've, I mean, I, I say this speaking as a person who just did local simulator exercises and as the now GridX program manager, it's something we've been struggling with for years and years and years. I think everyone who's been involved in exercise design and development is familiar with that struggle <laughs> of trying to get good feedback. Um, one thing we've learned at EISAC is that if we do ask folks for feedback on how we're doing on exercise coordination, we, we tend to get really good feedback and, and we've continued to make improvements to the exercise uh, design and development over time. It's getting the feedback on the operational stuff, you know, to be able to say, hey, what are those concrete lessons learned? What are some things we could pass along to the rest of the industry? That's a little harder to gather, especially from our standpoint. I know we're connected to NERC. Uh, EISAC is a very non-compliance, non-enforcement entity. We stay very walled off from that part of NERC, but we still understand that's, you know, when we say, hey, can you tell us some of your lessons learned or uh, some of your action items you're pursuing so we can kind of pass that along to the wider industry, sometimes folks are a little hesitant to do so. Um, but some of the best practices, I mean, when you talk about that, we are trying to answer it this year by moving towards a greater focus in that end of the exercise to collecting that feedback and, uh, and and giving planners a little more opportunity to collect feedback from their players as well. Because we, it's not just about us trying to get our good after-action reporting done. We want to make sure that everyone else is getting the opportunity to really gather that feedback that's important to them. So I'd, I'd say some of the... Some of the best ones I've seen are where they actually spend as much time planning the lessons learned as they do kind of the other injects or the, the evolutions. 
um, and then hand it over to a project manager. That was one of the things when I was at Grant that kind of confused me at first when I was in the after action reviews. I'm like, why is the project manager running this? Um, and then Julie took it over and put together the project plan for the implementation and we had everything um, on track within a couple months. It was like, then now it makes sense. It's not just going to go into a binder on a shelf somewhere or into into the ethereal hard drive somewhere and maybe we'll look at it 10 years later when we have another incident. It's a it's a really difficult process um, because it, it's it depends on the exercise you're running and it depends on the format, but uh, that, that feedback collection process, you don't want to be the the person just handing them a, a little one pager feedback form and that's it, like on a scale of one to five and that's it. You know, if you want to get someone to actually write out some feedback, some actual issues they encountered during the exercise. Where are some places where we ran into bottlenecks, et cetera, et cetera. You know, ask those real questions. Don't just, hey, on a scale of one to five. <laughs> yeah. The, the smaller the team or even the, the utility level, one of the things that I've seen that really just helps is to walk through back through the exercise um, step by step. Here's what the exercise happened. What did you see happen? Or what was your perception of what was happening? And and try to figure out what deltas there are and why they were there. Um, there's always some, always somebody that thought, oh, yeah, this was happening. In reality, that was not what was happening. Um, kind of feel like you need to narrate in the background. And like, in actuality, that's not what it was. <laughs> yeah. No, that's an excellent point because um, actually talking to a lot of planners for GridX and, and hearing about their success stories from things like this, doing that run back to talk about what happened, even just in the same control room, if you're just talking about operators, one operator on one side of the room may not have been fully aware of what the other operator on the other side of the room was doing during the whole exercise because of the massive chaos that usually comes with large scale attacks in something like GridX. So one person's running their area, one person's running their area, and one might not even be aware. Oh, wait, we had a we had a physical attack on this substation as well. Like, oh, yeah, I, I ran through that. And it it could also be brought into other business areas. Um, I heard from one planner who was saying that they close out their grid X every year with a a very large, like multi-hour breakdown of the entirety of the live play exercise so that folks in ops know what folks in public relations were doing so that folks in in hr they, they have hr involved in their exercise and they can find out what uh, folks were doing in physical security and cybersecurity. everyone can see every aspect of the exercise summarized for them at the end so they're aware that it's not just their little bubble that's responding to all this stuff but it's kind of everybody working together throughout the organization so i thought that was really interesting Another one we did was separate it out. We took the senior leadership out of one of the lessons learned. And that was that really yielded one that was something our CEO really needed to hear because we had an actual incident. He went into the control room to offer support. The feedback from the operators was, yeah, we had dad looking over our shoulder. Um, but they would never have said that if he was in the room. But he was glad to hear that. Oh, okay, then now I know. I'll work through their boss. And if he says, come on in, I'll wait for the invitation. So... A lot of different ways mm -hmm. to get that. Um, switching gears a little bit, let's pretend like everybody listening here has never heard of GridX. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, what is it? What goes into it? Sure. Yeah. Well, GridX uh, is my baby. Uh, GridX is uh, North America's largest grid security exercise. 
Uh, it is a two-day live exercise that we hold every two years, as I mentioned. Uh, we are primarily focused on energy asset owners and operators, so that's predominantly electricity, although we do have gas playing a large part in most of these exercises now as well. But that said, we have expanded over the last several exercises to include interdependent critical infrastructure sectors, as well as government and law enforcement agencies. The end goal of the GridX program is to exercise the resilience of the North American electricity system in the face of a coordinated cyber and physical attack from a nation state adversary or similar. Sometimes there's a an intermingling of, you know, we might do domestic violent extremists supported by nation state funding, something like that. But we're basically putting you in the worst case scenario for physical and cyber attack. When we talk about kind of the benefits of GridX and, and like why you would want to participate, one of the big reasons is just that everyone's there, right? It's that one big exercise that happens every two years and it enables you to make those connections between organizations as you run a drill that you know everybody else is also participating in. Everyone does their own local exercises, and obviously they should continue to do so. But what you get from GridX that's unique is that now you have gas industry, comms industry. Uh, we're bringing in water and wastewater this year as well. And uh, you have government agencies, uh, state and local law enforcement, all that stuff. And you can connect with them. You can reach out to them. You can coordinate this exercise with them all and then practice a lot of those communications that you don't usually get to practice in your local exercises. So that's the big draw for GridX. I hope that was a good summary there. No, I think that's – every time I hear about it, I learn more. Uh, even having been through sitting in, the, sitting in the white cell for GridX 1 and then uh, my utility observing, I think, GridX 5 uh, when I was there. but. For those who have been around and been through one through six, what's new? What's coming up this year they should be prepared for? Obviously, without spilling yeah, too we, much of the details. but No, of course. Yeah, I don't want to give spoilers, but um, there's a lot I can still uh, talk about. I mean, in general, right? So for, for new things for GridX7, uh, one of the big ones I mentioned was uh, involving water and wastewater as a new interdependent sector. Uh, the big one I kind of alluded to before uh, we normally have five moves. We have move zero, which happens kind of the week prior to live play. You have move one and two, which are day one, moves three and four, which are day two. With moves, with move four specifically, we are answering a request that we got from the industry, kind of some feedback we've gotten over the years. They want more focus on recovery. By the end of two days of live play, you're entire world's been falling down around your ears for most of it you're never recovered by the end of the second day you're barely starting recovery so now uh we're going to end move three move to move four with a weak time jump into the future and we're shifting to more of a tabletop style discussion for that move four so that instead of running through that live play now you're looking back and going okay what did we accomplish in moves one through three how did we respond to that kind of like you were talking about with the uh doing the recap we're kind of working that into the exercise itself and then you can look at what did we do in that week of recovery after the attacks what are the challenges we're currently facing and how are we going to address them moving into the future 
along with kind of asking those questions as part of the exercise, hey, if this happened, what would we do to make sure it didn't happen again in the future? Or at least that we'd be more prepared for it if it happened again in the future. And then you have the opportunity to look at that and go, okay, if that's our answer to this in the aftermath of a simulated attack, do we want to carry that forward into reality? Why aren't we doing that now? So we're trying to bring kind of that feedback collection process into the exercise itself. I imagine during that move forward, everybody's evaluators are going to be scribbling furiously, collecting all that information that they go through. Uh, and that's exactly what we want. So that's a big draw, I think, for Grid X7 is this new shift towards uh, not only recovery, but making that contemplation of what we can do better part of the exercise itself. I love that because otherwise it seems like by the end of day two, you're just, just get it done, get out of there. Um, and really <laughs> bringing in that, that reality to it. Of this is, it's been a week instead of just the magic. The, I, call, I still call it the FEMA NLE 11. Poof, it's all back. There's, there's no magic right. in here. It's, it's how it actually would play out, what it would look like. That's, that's a great um, addition. And I, and I will add as well, I can say this about the scenario. It's not much of a spoiler here. Uh, we are definitely including physical attacks on substations in the scenario. It's one that many people have asked for. It is very much in the news and uh, in the industry's mind right now. So that is going to feature prominently in the scenario itself. Yeah, plenty to pull from from the headlines lately. So, Yes. So within a utility, I know I've been through, again, a couple of these on different sides of it. Who should they bring to the table for, for GridX? Who needs to be there? Who'd be nice to have? Um, who should observe it? I want to stress first that when when we talk about how to engage with GridX7, um, I think a lot of folks within the industry, they wonder, you know, who can play? Uh, who's allowed to play? Who's allowed to get involved? And I almost guarantee that if you're asking the question, the answer is probably you can. Um, there are very few entities that we would say can't participate. I think the only hard, fast rule is if you are specifically working in a compliance or enforcement role, you probably shouldn't be involved. But other than that, uh, we're, we want everybody to play. Um, so if you want to get involved with GridX7, the number one thing you can do is just go to the EISAC website. We have a GridX page. We have a registration link, and you can register as a planner. We also have a publicly available fact sheet available planner recommendations. Um, we're going to have an FAQ up there pretty soon. So lots of different things you can find out just from looking at our website. But the other thing to note is even if you can't get access through registering on our website, because the one caveat to that is you are required to be an EISAC portal member to register through us, it doesn't mean you can't participate in GridX7 if you aren't registered on our portal. You can simply just coordinate through the utilities that are. So we, we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago to the National Governors Association and uh, NARUC, which involves state regulators. And they, of course, can get involved. They just might have to go through some of their local utilities to participate instead, coordinate their planning through those utilities. Uh, I know every time I hear from utilities asking, hey, how do we connect with our uh, local governments to coordinate this exercise. I tell them, guess what? Your local governments are asking the same question. 
so reach out because you will both probably be very happy to find out that you're both planning on participating. You were just looking for how to coordinate. So it's always great when you can get some of those external support agencies in the door. Um, one of the things that we always did at Grant was had a standing offer to anybody with a badge. You want a tour? Give us a call. We'll walk you through. Um, we brought mm -hmm. the 911 dispatchers in um, as much as we could, um, or we could bring them in. The county emergency management, we brought them in. It helped that the county emergency management was under the sheriff's department, under the chief deputy whose wife worked on our second floor. So he had an extra vested interest in making sure that our headquarters building was well secured. But, yeah, it's just it's so many syner synergies you find there and opportunities um, bringing those folks in. Yeah, very much so. And And I think that when it when it comes down to it if if you're interested in getting involved just just reach out to the either the local utilities or if you are a local utility yourself um then go to our website one thing i would highly recommend folks to do is coordinate with your reliability coordinator we actually have every reliability coordinator uh represented on our rc planning team for grid act 7 so literally every rc has someone directly involved in development of the entire grid x7 scenario so uh, that means they're all participating that means they're all going to be involved in some way usually when you link up with your rc and start trying to coordinate your grid x7 planning through them that will automatically connect you to a lot of other folks under that rc umbrella so if anybody's looking for a recommendation that's probably the number one is just connect with your rc they'll be able to connect you to a lot more planners. And that's a great tip. I never would have thought of it. Kind of gets into my next question of kind of the challenges and barriers. Another one I always hear and, and heard it when I was at, at Grant was, oh, it's just too hard to figure out how to set this up. Or they, when we always heard, oh, we don't have time for that. How do you, how do you work through those? I mean, obviously starting with the RC, I think is a great spot if you're overwhelmed and don't know where to start. But Yeah, it's an excellent point because the, I do recommend the RCs because they usually have that kind of planning capital to help you coordinate some of the th those things. They might be able to do a lot of the work for you. Um, but to that point, you're right. We're now on GridX 7. Uh, we've been doing this since 2011, and it started fairly small, and it has grown and grown and grown and grown every two years. So if this is your first GridX and you're walking in and looking around, you're probably going to see this incredibly daunting scope of an exercise where it's involving all these different interdependent sectors and you might feel oh man i'm never mind uh, <laughs> i'm not getting into this it's too big the great thing about gridx is that you can engage with it at whatever level you're comfortable with or you're capable of uh, we highly encourage folks to get in and start small our scenario that we hand you is eminently customizable we actually do not hold you to the script or the measle that we deliver to you. We say, hey, look, whatever's not meeting your local objectives for the exercise, cut it out. If there's something that's missing and you want to add something to GridX7 for you that, that would answer those objectives, do it. Uh, we, we only want our material that we provide you for GridX7 to be a support to meeting your own goals, not a cage to kind of limit you. So that's usually something that folks aren't really aware of with GridX is that you're not, you're not beholden to the scenario that we give you. 
Uh, it's an opportunity to make those connections and to do an emergency response scenario, but you can tailor it to whatever works best for your organization. So some folks get involved and they say, look, I'm going to coordinate with my RC and maybe one other external entity and that's it. And I'm, I'm only going to do one day rather than the two-day exercise. You can do that. You're welcome to. Others might have all the capital they need to do everything. And that's also great. But plenty of folks get involved at a low level first, and then they expand every two years as they move to their next one and they get a little more experience. So start small if you need to. I think that's a great reminder because I think so many people just get, they see it, they see the finished product, they hear the stories about the, the utilities that have been doing it now for 14 years almost. <clears throat> and yeah. think that they've got to go in and send crews, roll crews and, and do all those things in reality. It, we got value even when I was at Grant of just having it up and saying, okay, what would we do in this situation? Not really having a, a strong plan, not as much as we could have, but it was valuable to the people who were able to attend. Yeah, and it, and it really is something I've been repeating throughout the planning process uh, during our webinars and things that we give to folks is that it's better to have a very effective and small exercise than to have a large, unwieldy and ineffective one. Um, I have spoken to planners who's literally for their for Grid X7, their plan is to have a tabletop exercise that has maybe 25 people in it, and that's it. They're not even doing live play. Again, you can do that. If that's what works best for your organization, that is what you should do. Pretty much every option is on the table. Love it. So we're about seven months out from Grid X7. If you're in the planning process or you're at a utility, what should they be doing right now? Um, is it too late to start planning for Grid X7? That is a great question. It is definitely not too late. Um, I, I love hearing stories from uh, experienced past planners. And they tell me, oh, yeah, for Grid X6, I was handed the entire project in the, in September, which is two months before the actual event. And they said, hey, uh, make this happen. And they did. Obviously not to the level they probably would have wanted to, but you know what? They made it a small exercise. They made it whatever fit their own organization. So it's definitely not too late to get started. You're actually in a great time to get started. Uh, we just earlier this month released the full measle, which is that script for the entire scenario. Uh, so now is the time that everybody's getting that process moving they're customizing their own local scenario they're figuring out exactly what they're going to be doing with their scenario scope um, the other thing to note is that we do a series of training webinars and planning meetings and even if you have missed them we've done three training webinars now so far any registered planner has access to all previous recordings of all webinars we've done you have access to slide decks so a lot of good uh, information is out there, including our first webinar we gave, which is just a Planner 101, specifically focused at folks who this might be their first Grid X. And it gives you all the groundwork and everything you'd want to know if you were just getting started. So all that stuff's there, definitely not too late. If I was going to say, what should you be doing now? It's if you haven't done so yet, identify those local objectives, because it always comes back to what are your objectives for the exercise? What are you trying to get out of the exercise? And then use that to frame the scope of your exercise, who's going to get involved, who's going to play, and then what's the scenario going to look like? Perfect. So I think we're pretty much running out of things to talk about with Grid X for now. There's plenty more to talk about as we get closer, I'm sure. But what advice would you give to anybody who wants to, to get involved um, 
wants to get their organization going or anything else about GridX you want to throw out that we haven't covered? Yeah, I mean, I, in the end, it's mainly uh, register as a planner if you haven't yet. Uh, that's going to give you access to literally every piece of planning documentation that we've released so far. Uh, we've got a scenario narrative. We've got specific uh, uh, guidance for planners on how they can approach that planning process. Uh, all the previous recordings for webinars and things like that. We've got more material coming out every month. Uh, we have a regular monthly planner newsletter that registered planners also get. So that's the the best way to get involved is just register. Again, that's on our uh, EISAC website. I would say, in the end, the, the, the best thing I can tell you is reach out to other organizations as well. If you have neighboring utilities, again, the RC is a very, very good one to go to. Uh, that's really going to help get you plugged in. There are so many experienced GridX planners out there, and almost every single one I talk to is happy to provide advice and recommendations for the best practices that you can uh, you can use in grid x7 planning so i hope that's helpful for anybody who wants to get involved and of course i should throw out you can also just reach us at our planner team email at gridx at eisac.com so if you just shoot us an email if you have any questions about gridx you can reach us there perfect Love to hear that. Thanks for joining, Jesse. Always great to, uh, to catch up. Talk GridX. Can't wait to see how GridX 7 rolls out. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for joining. Thanks so much. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash at ArcherU. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, you can head on over to our website at archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, and at ArcherSEC on Twitter. Thanks for listening and check back every other week for brand new episodes of Direct Connect.